Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Diet Time is here. That's right, we're talking about one segment of 1983's uh, Nightmares that the Bishop abandoned on Kill by Kill. Bite size. Bam, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal. Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from the Fox Hills Mall, a place that no longer exists in that form. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, and every other week, we like to uh, alter our format just a little bit and talk about horror movie characters in the order in which they die, but in a smaller form, we're talking about one segment of one horror anthology, this one being Universal's Nightmares. Um, (laughs) Um... it's oh boy this is quite a motion picture anyways uh, there's only one person i trust to help me rip off a latino gang arcade style the one the only gina radcliffe how are you doing today gina you really need to put big fingers around latino and gang <laughs> they, they honestly um no one knows less about uh, Latino gang culture than Joseph Sargent, the director of this motion picture, or anyone associated with it. It how Universal Pictures went from Zoot Suit a mere two or three years earlier to this is fucking astounding. They used also used to that's where they um would uh, film all the uh, Cheech and Chong uh, movies was on the Universal lot. <laughs> I mean, oh god, they're all wearing. Red and blue bandanas, Gina. And and one who has a hair that. What, yes. Of and course, and you know the Latino that. because one of them uses the word pendejo. Yeah. <laughs> Another one liberally uses essay throughout Texas, <laughs> Quoting Cypress Hills <laughs> lyrics. I, I just I, it, it, there's nothing in this to be taken seriously. And I would say you know, it's just this segment. But having watched all the other segments, because this was, there was a movie that I had not seen in my youth, but I had always looked at the box and said, oh, I should rent that, and never did. And then it kind of disappeared everywhere. And finally, Shout Factory came out with a Blu-ray of it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch that now. And I did, and I said, I've gained nothing from this. Yeah, <laughs> you were like, well, that was a fucking disappointment. <laughs> Oh man, I, I I mean I think I was texting you the first time I watched it, where I'm like, oh, this is gonna happen. We're, we're have material for the show. We're gonna have like a four episode, four volume thing here. This movie, and after the first one, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Oh, <laughs> Dad, no, absolutely not. It. Uh, I mean, if you are looking for baby's first you know, you know anythology horror yeah that this would be you know a, a a i guess a good introduction because <laughs> i think most children will be bored by it too it is uh indifferently directed is is how i could best put it by joseph Sargent, a journeyman if ever there was in a film it's not to say that he did not make good films and it's certainly not to say that he didn't make worse films but He primarily, at a certain point, became a television director. And you can tell because there's a anodyne vanilla topping to this where it just encompasses what could be interesting ideas in the most palatable form to just simply slide down your throat. Yeah, I... I, I read the page for this on Wikipedia and I was genuinely shocked that this had been intended for a theatrical release. Well, that's the thing is that um, one of the stories was originally developed for an ABC anthology show and the name of it uh, dropped that out. That the one with uh, the James Coburn narrated? Dark Room. Dark Room. Yep. Dark I, remember, room. I, I remember that. I remember that because it was one of those where like the, the intro was much scarier than the uh, than <laughs> the, the actual actual, actual uh, segments were. Sure. Yeah. Um, that totally makes sense. The rest of them were developed for what was going to be an NBC horror anthology because that was doing well for them at the time with amazing stories. Um, and the end, that horror anthology pilot just never ended up happening 
but Universal's like, well, we've developed all this shit. We might as well do something with it. Horror anthologies seem to be a thing. Let's make one of those. Um, so Sargent's already kind of signed to the project. He's done film. He's done TV. Uh, they kind of like just rubber stamp him uh, doing it. And uh, as we were discussing off mic before we started, they are the most, from the most, the majority of them, the most basic formula horror short story subjects you've ever heard of your yeah your you've life. got one that's sort of a take on that uh old uh, uh campfire tale about someone being you know, thinking that they they're in danger from a person who's acting strangely mm-hmm. and it turns out that the person is warning them about you know, a, a a you know, a person hiding in their car yeah and then you've got one that's a, a dead ripoff of duel Oh, or the car and the car. Yeah, it's like with, they with the, took them together and smushed them together in a little compact. With the twist being that the 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 protagonist is a priest, which doesn't really come to anything. Yeah, uh, and then you've got another another fucking rat movie. Uh, I think the rat movie is the most successful of them, but I hesitated to include it because it seems like we should talk about it during. Um, Animal Attack April. It just seemed weird to discuss this in August. I guess I could have made it <laughs> Animal Attack August. And, and then we then we have the the ship of battle. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure is the only one anybody who's seen this really remembers. Yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I don't think there's a person on Earth who could point to the Lance Henriksen car duels mashup and go. That's a movie I remember. Um, and I think the rat one is good at the very least because they do point at the rat and go, obviously, this rat is descended from Nazis. That then I really enjoy. <laughs> but it's one revelation. And the rest of it's kind of like Richard Masur acting like an asshole. So, as, he do- as he does best. Truly. Uh it uh, Either that or he's like a sitcom dad. Those are the, his two modes. Um, so Bishop of Battle, I think, also benefits from being the introduction to America of one Emilio Estevez. Um, yeah, he's uh, introduced Crotch first, <laughs> uh, which is an interesting take because I'm pretty sure his character was supposed to be like maybe like 16, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely a teenager, but also those Levi 501s are delivering quite the package. Um, It's highlighted throughout the movie. It's almost as if he should get a, a, and introducing Emilio Estevez. Also, introducing Emilio Estevez's package. Yeah, and they were definitely pushing him as, which is funny because it's the same year The Outsiders came out. Right. Uh, which was, you know, a showcase for, you know, your next cute teen boy crush. Yes. And, and so he was he definitely being pushed as, you know, well, this guy, this kid will be showing up in Team B pretty soon. And he did. <laughs> you know, well done. <laughs> yes. I mean, I uh, very much, I have very fond feelings for The Outsiders. Um, oh, I do too. I, I uh, love it very much. A, a book I was uh, forced to read uh, twice in, in middle school. Um, and shown the movie multiple times. And it is like a teen beat um, hunky boy delivery system. Um, but now beyond this, like he's he's dyed his hair here, uh, a pony boy uh, blonde. But he's going after this directly into making Repo Man and going after Repo Man directly into the Breakfast Club. So this is really... Um, you're getting the most Estevez for your money pre-fame, but also he has all of his father's mannerisms and vocal intonation. Like just- yeah, I, I feel like that that he kind of maybe watched Badlands a few times. Before, maybe uh, once or twice. Yeah, before doing this, but like does not quite have the charisma that his, yeah. that his dad has in that movie. Um, and, and also he's not being given the uh, there's not much here Uh, no no uh, no, give him a little bit of grace because repo man he has all the charisma in the world so um i just think 
he needed to get this under his feet before he could. Yeah. I mean, his, his entire direction in this movie is, you know, be a surly teenager. The one quote that I found in a review from Janet Maslin of the New York Times was that nothing spoils a horror story faster than a stupid victim. And Nightmares, an anthology of four supposedly scary stories, has plenty of stupid victims. <laughs> and he's one of them. And he's, yes, stupid victim number two is a, a video game hustler named JJ. Um, and we're introduced to him as Gina noted crotch first in downtown LA. Now, every single one of these storefronts are now either bars or churches. That's the way downtown LA rolls. Maybe I, um, I, I, I like that. I, I, I like that juxtaposition. <laughs> um, now the, this opening song, um, is performed by uh, Belushi's favorite LA punk band, Fear. Yeah, the, the, this movie had had uh, you you Black Flag and Fear money in its in its budget. <laughs> it really did. Or they, you know, were too dumb to accept like high numbers, and they're like, "We don't we don't need your corporate money," and they just used it anyways. But I'm, I'm pretty sure they at least got some money from this, which is probably a good thing. It, it probably went to a bad, <laughs> bad hands is my guess. Isn't wasn't the lead singer of fear, the guy who ends up being Mr. Body. He is Mr. Clue? Body. And, uh, and he is, uh, a piggy in, in get crazy. <laughs> oh, God. Remember get crazy. <laughs> I do. Um, someone brought, someone brought it up on blue sky there. They're like, yes. Uh, oh someone else has seen this movie besides me <laughs> it's always weird whatever your uh, i remember this on hbo movie happens to be and yes that, 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 that like was definitely one. one of them um now jj is flanked by his number one fan his, and his 10 year old best friend <laughs> yeah the, the age disparity here is hilarious because obviously Estevez is over 18 playing a teenager but Billy Jane looks like a zygote, but he has all the hair he's ever had here. Um, and of course, Billy Jane would go on to be the future horny little brother. I'm going to say that character. he perverted the the the, the future the, the sex criminal uh, brother and <laughs> just one of the guys. Now, just one of the guys, of course, being the movie that prompted my mother after a Sunday afternoon viewing of canceling HBO. <laughs> <laughs> They just yanking that cable box right out of the wall. Like this throwing is salt a, on it and burying it in your backyard. This is a delivery service we no longer need. My eternally <laughs> horny son it's no like, longer needs not, to I will be not have this, this breast delivery service in my home <laughs> for one Listen, naked boob seat that lasts about two seconds. Yes, but it is the emotional, you know, high point of, of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Does she know that you know it's possible that to like watch like the Playboy channel in like 10 second increments? Um <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna tell her now. I'll tell you that. I'm not gonna tell her that like there you could like Bob, I had already seen bare boobs, but that point. <laughs> the thing is, you could hold the dial in between. The, and there was a physical dial on your camera. Yep. You could hold it in between the numbers and it wouldn't quite be as scrambled <laughs> as it was if it was actually on the number. I can't believe I'm giving away the, my secret. Oh, I um, mean, yeah. You know, like you, you could just, you could watch, like they would give you like a, you, a, a, a taste of, <laughs> of the filth. And, and then it would go to like, nope, you got to pay for this. But then you would just click, you know, click away, click back. You know, you missed maybe like five seconds of whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and it truly was whatever. But also at the time, it didn't take, you know, and I apologize, Gina, because this might not be information you're particularly interested in. But it didn't take much for me to become supremely horny about the idea of the opposite sex. I believe i had one uh uh bathing suit uh edition of a surfer magazine that was just that was all i needed <laughs> well you know what the you know the, the the looking through like the scrambled signal you know it was complicated by the i shouldn't be doing this you know i mean it's, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly yeah and it's like you know that that adds to it yes the thrill of the, that i might be caught 
Um, it, certainly, uh, you know, it, it, it takes it above and beyond a found uh, woodland porn um, that you would come across. Oh, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a that's a Jersey rite of passage is walking <laughs> around the woods and despite being you know, someone's porn stash. <laughs> Um, what were we talking about again? I oh, mean, that's something right. a lot less, something a lot more boring than 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 scrambled <laughs> scrambled cable porn. Um, so JJ and Zock. Zock. What is Zock short for? I, I read. Yeah, I read it again. I was looking at Wikipedia. I'm like, wait, is name Zock? Is that a misspelling of sack? It's like no. <laughs> the 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 you. Know, JJ's mom calls him Zock at one point. Yes, he's directly referred to as Zock, as if that is a fucking name. Zockery. Zachariah. <laughs> so JJ and Zach are planning to come down to downtown LA and hustle Latino teens for cash. So JJ will have enough money to beat the Bishop of Battle back in quote unquote the valley. Um, you can tell that no one in this production has any idea about gang colors or territories because all these guys are wearing red bandanas and blue bandanas interchangeably which um is just a real no-no <laughs> it's just um not what you would be doing but of course uh there the idea of anyone involved in this motion picture of who might a latino teen be is truly like their imagination run wild there might as well be tree fairies yeah, you got arcade. like you got one dude who looks like he's about thirty. He has a mustache. He's apparently, you know, he has a root in his mouth, just a fucking root uh, growing out of his mouth. <laughs> I, I would hope that that would be a joint, but it isn't. It seems to be more solid than that. It's like a chicory root <laughs> hanging out of his motherfucking mouth. <laughs> and. um so JJ hones in on one guy playing a, a, a game called Pilates. Pilates? P-L-E-I-A-D-E-S. I don't know how to pronounce it. All I know is it Pleiades, came out. Pleiades, I think. Pleiades? Um, it, it's, a, it's a galaxy, galaxia variation. You know, it's a, it's a space invaders, you know, uh, but a couple evolutions up. It came out for you. Uh, Centauri games. Um, it fucking sucks rocks. It's a terrible goddamn game. So uh, uh, JJ uh, basically hustles this kid by playing a couple games where he loses outright and then does that thing that everyone should in the back of their mind think no rational human being uh, would think to do this, which is I've lost five games. Now I'm going to bet five times as much or yeah, because he, it's a dollar game. He's lost five games, so he's down five bucks. And he goes, but I'll give you. Let's bet twenty five bucks each on one game. That's obviously you're being hustled. <laughs> but this guy thinks, no, I'll go to my money man, who's the guy with the root hanging out of his fucking mouth. <laughs> he's clearly the knowledgeable one of the group. Right. Yes. Um, just a stock character from. Uh, Cheech is born in East LA and uh, they watch JJ basically take his money right out from underneath him um, while this happens. Um, and there's one small child who seems to see through the ruse. This nine-year-old with the widest bandana of any. Yeah, of them. He looks like a kidnapping victim is practically covering his eyes. <laughs> But he does have glorious hair. He might have the best hair in the entire motion picture. But he's like, he pulls a couple of the guys inside and goes, hey, I remember who this guy is. His name is JJ. He's a legend in the valley. Can you name your local video game player legend? Because I surely should. Yeah, I'm thinking that like, you know, Los Angeles is a big city. Yes. And I don't imagine that that kind of thing really gets around much. Like somebody being particularly good at a at one specific video game. Yes. As the crow flies, right? Like no one ever said, oh man, I know that is. That's Patrick Hamilton. He's an ace at Ding Dug. <laughs> Not even when I was an ace at Dig Dug, which I never was. But 
Dig Dug was available at the local 7-Eleven that also rented videotapes that was near my high school. Um, that is where my friend from English class uh, said, "You, ha- if you're going to watch a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, watch Freddy's Revenge. It's the best one. And I rented that videotape from the 7-Eleven because they did not ID you. So long as you had 20, mu- 20 bucks to put down on deposit, they would allow you to rent a videotape. So that is my Dig Dug legend um, that everyone talks about <laughs> to this day because I put it down on multiple podcasts. Um, so, uh, of course, JJ wins. That means he's got 50 bucks. Uh, he and Zach are about to walk out and uh, the money man is like, hey, we got hustled. We know that you hustled us. And they're saved by one LAPD officer at the very front of the arcade, just hassling Latino teens. And this is the only time a cop has helped anyone ever. <laughs> By just doing what he does best. Right. Just hassling uh, you know, local Latinos. And so uh, JJ and Zach use the cover of this cop to uh, do, you know, you know, typical white boy shit, which is hustle the fuck out of there and jump on a bus before they can get caught and have their ass beaten. Um, they catch this bus. On the corner of 7th and South Broadway, that's right near Clifton's Cafeteria, one of the oldest uh, restaurants here in Los Angeles. Um, Clifton's has been revamped multiple times, but uh, uh, Becky and I spent New Year's Eve there a couple years pre-COVID. I think the year right before COVID hit was we went to Clifton's for uh, uh, New Year's Eve of dancing and eating whatever food Clifton's cafeteria feeds people. <laughs> Not cafeteria food, presumably. Um, it is served cafeteria style, but there's also, uh, it, they had uh, revamped the menu. And of course, the one thing that Clifton's has always had um, is that they have a window in the back where they serve people who cannot afford a meal. So that is... Uh, one of Clifton's signature things. And they have themed rooms. So there's like a, a jungle room and there's, a, you know, a, a, a tiki room. There's It's it's like four stories. It's fucking crazy. It's uh, quite a feat of uh, engineering. But also when we were dancing in one of the rooms, you could feel the floor giving. There's a lot of play in that. that that's that's unsettling. Yeah. When there's 75 people, you know, cutting a rug, you could, it's quite possibly we might've cut all the way through it, but they take a bus from downtown Los Angeles to quote unquote, the Valley. They, they get but, on, they get on a, what seems to be a random bus that, yes. that takes them exactly where they need to go. <laughs> Just so happens. Um, maybe they transferred you know, you never know, but it does have, you can't tell um, whether or not it's the same bus because you see it from the front at the beginning and you see it from the side at the end. But they go um, to the valley. What uh, They actually go to a century city, which is not the valley. Um, Fox Hills Mall uh, no longer exists. It is currently the century city mall and it's an all mostly outdoor thing. And it's a very fancy fucking mall the reason being it's on the back it just it borders on the back end the fox 20th century fox studios so if you were to just to pan up you would see the nakatomi plaza being built right at this very moment and it's across the street from the century city towers and if you've seen any introduction montage of Los Angeles. You've seen these two massive white towers right next to one another. And it's the headquarters of every fucking agent in town. (laughs) So before all that um, happened, there was the Fox Hills mall and it was um, an enclosed structure. And this is where the arcade is that the Bishop of battle lives. Um, now, Zock is not so enthused by uh, JJ's obsession with the Bishop of Battle and refuses to watch him play. 
and he yells at him, you're obsessed. You're obsessed. And he, he has, what are those glasses? Which, which, um, I looked at like, well, we, we forgot to mention that, uh, Billy Jane was also in, uh, he has one of those kind of ubiquitous child actors for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also in Bloody Birthday. Oh, that's right. He's I'm pretty birthday. sure wearing the same glasses. Yes. These like, you know, bug- Jesse Raphael glasses. Right, these that's like bug-eyed, like, you you super nerd glasses. <laughs> but just fantastic fucking hair. Um, but he's like, he's at that thing. He's at that point where his voice hasn't quite broken. You're crazy, JJ. I want my cut. <laughs> And so he gets his cut and whatever that is, what do you think the cut is between, because basically Zock is helping in that scam without Zock. I don't think he can actually make that scam work. So is it like a 60, 40? Is it a 50, 50? I mean, I, I guess that he's probably just getting like, it's, it's probably 50, 50. Because he came in there with 25 bucks. So what did he gain? What did he gain? I then? mean, I mean, he did. They, they, they did bet a few times beforehand, so it maybe came out like five dollars. I don't know. Oh for God. all that, I mean, half of that he probably spent on bus fare. <laughs> That's true. You can't just jump on a bus without paying for it. So uh, it's a very odd cut. Whatever he did get. So JJ goes into this arcade, and he is treated like Norm from. Cheers. Oh my God! They're just like. Hey! Jay, Jay, singing here. Jay, the party started, everybody. <laughs> this place where we go to every fucking day. Here comes JJ. They pick up a small child who's playing the Bishop of Battle and just move him. <laughs> like, fuck you. In case you uh, wanted to need to emphasize that this is the valley. Mm-hmm. Moon Unit Zappa is literally there. Oh, Moon Unit Zampa is literally there, and her outfit is worth examining. You have a pink t-shirt. She's wearing a necklace. She's wearing two different types of earrings. One dangly, another just two small hoops. And she's also wearing a mauve faux leather jacket in the style of Michael Jackson. She looks great. I mean, she does, she's, she's just like the ultimate. She's like 80s Barbie. Or, <laughs> she's got that like wedge haircut that like yeah. very few girls could pull off except Moon Unit Zappa. Exactly. Like she looks like a million dollars. And and, and she just I, got I'm, like hard eyed. He's just like, nope, finish the battle. No, I listen, I cannot be um uh, dissuaded by uh, uh you know any sort of um introductions of friendship or um we used to go out and and, uh, and uh, we would do over the clothes stuff. It's all about Bishop of Battle. <laughs> and he gets to level twelve. And he fucking gets zapped. Everybody just uh, like, bah. they just uh, walk away from him. Like, I mean, same like, as always. And <laughs> I don't know. I just, there are people. Can I, can I say for a second, this sure. does not look like that hard of a gate to beat. No, no. It's like, you no. know, there's no, there's no more than like four things to shoot at on screen at any given time. It suffers from not actually being a video game right well yeah <laughs> like, of course yeah it, it kind of looks a little vaguely like disc subtron yeah but this is subtron graphics that's the crazy thing like this is under the belief that video game graphics had not evolved in the past five years and this is like an atari you know tank video game looking thing with, yeah, I mean, this was around the time that that godforsaken Dragon's Lair came, game came out. Exactly. Remember Dragon's yes. Lair? Yeah. Did you ever see anybody get past the first level? Because I sure as fuck didn't. No. In fact, I had Dragon's Lair for Xbox once upon a time, figuring at least at home I would be able to beat the fucking thing. It's impossible. It is literally just a machine uh, with a bunch of animation in it meant to swallow your quarters. That's that's all it's good for. Um, it, it really is just a a shitty, shitty looking mo- um, video game. It's all wireframe animation, and it doesn't make sense as a exciting video game. 
he's like he's like sweating like Ted Stryker landing that plane <laughs> like with this, but he's barely moving at the same time. Like like he just kind of like you know kind of triggering fingering the trigger for this little plastic gun. But like oh, every time yeah. it cuts to him, it's like it's like he's 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 diffusing a bomb. The 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 modus operandi the, what the film is trying to do to bring you into his mind frame is it starts with it all the end all the video game being over the top so you're watching above where the maze is that he that his bishop is running around and then when he's deeper into the video game you get closer it becomes a 45 <laughs> degree angle and your perspective is closer and then when he finally beats the 12th level, it's literally his P it's a first person shooter. So it's drawing him in. I understand the concept of what the movie's trying to do, but also it's such terrible animation, even for its time that it does a, a terrible, it just automatically disqualifies it as I'm being swallowed inside a video. Yeah. Game and, and you concept. can't, like there's just other than the fact that it's supposed to be like no one's ever gotten to level 13 mm -hmm. you, you know and you can't uh, there's you can't understand why he is hopelessly addicted to this particular video game it does a very poor job of it um so when he loses on the 12th level even people there there are people gathered 360 degrees around this yeah, video. There's people like standing behind the game. <laughs> like, what are they getting out of it? They're staring at him, sweating. He's like, this is an entirely different kind of flying all together. This is an entirely different kind of flying. <laughs> it's an airplane reference, everyone. Look it up. It's a hell of a movie. And so the guy who runs the arcade is like, well, I'm shutting this shit down for the night. Everyone get the fuck out of my arcade. I want to go drink somewhere. And um, everyone leaves with the exception of Moon Unit Zappa, who's like, let's go get a pizza and have a conversation like human beings. And he's like, that, ah, fuck you. <laughs> His exact insult is, shine it, Pamela, which I, I think I'm going, if I can put it on a, I listen. It's a real sit on it party. It's a real sit on it party level insult and i if if it sold more than two shirts i would totally put it on a t-shirt but um <laughs> yeah those two would be you and me <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> People like, what is that a reference to 1983's nightmares by joseph Sargent. come on everyone knows this emilio estevez yells it at moon unit zappa <laughs> like you'd have to put that level of explanation into it for anyone to even understand you put, like, why you gotta put like an asterisk on it and then like ask the explanations on the back of the shirt <laughs> oh my god just an entire <laughs> paragraph <laughs> of explanation attached to the shiny baby and just a big graphic and then a text box that is just in the 1983 horror <laughs> anthology <laughs> nightmares <laughs> Emilio Estevez is sucked into a video game before it does. His ex-girlfriend, Moon Unit Zampa, encourages him to come with her and have pizza. His response to her is the above. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I might have to do it. I'm sorry, Josh, if you're listening to this particular episode, get ready for that call. Because this, this T-shirt is not going to sell at all beyond Gina and I. <laughs> this is the best idea I've ever had. Um, okay. So, and of course, when I say I, I mean both Gina and I, because I view everything as a collective and I just suck up her good ideas and project them as my own. So, JJ, back at home, um, is berated by his dad, Jerry. Uh, Jerry's played by that guy, uh, Louis Gambalvo, who is in fucking everything oh, from yeah, 1977 yeah, onward. Particularly in the 80s. He's, He's a sort just, of random, like, Italian-American guy. Yes. Um, he has been in so many fucking movies, it'd be ridiculous to even name half of them. But he will always be Major Don uh, Carnegie in uh, Real Genius to me. Yes, who is tasked with with making a guy, uh, you know, force the forcing a professor to make a a laser weapon. 
I mean, it's like, listen, if you don't make this laser weapon, we're going to, uh, you know, look at your books and see what you did with all the money. And it turns out what he did with all the money was uh, basically redo his house. So, um, and is, is his daughter the one that the professor is sleeping with? No, and- that was... Um- Oh, that it was another that guy though. Oh, okay. It was it was uh, the guy who was in Cujo. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Which starred Billy Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. It all comes together, full circle, baby. I'm like Curly Day, pointing to that that <laughs> wall full of uh, red lines. That's right. And Louis Gambalvo is our Silvio Pepe. So <laughs> this this sequence with his parents. Like, mm-hmm. are we supposed to, you know, if the idea is that he's so addicted to this video game that like his grades are failing. Yes. Yes. He, he, he has his, his report card at the ready, which I like, uh, I, I don't know. My parents, I guess like I wasn't a not great student, but like they never had my report card at arm's length well, no, to because show they me used why to, I wasn't allowed to go out. They used to, you know, just send you home with it. And mm-hmm. then, and then they, you know, they got wise, that kind of thing and just started mailing it. But, you know, when, yeah. when we were, when we were kids, they would just, you know, give it to you and say, yeah, give this to your parents. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, fucking way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one needs to know. This, this is going in the shredder. Yeah, they're not going to need to see it when I go to Glendale Community College. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Um, it's like so, I tried to turn an F into a B, it didn't work. Nope, it was tearing up, flushed down the toilet. Listen, it was worth the experiment. Ultimately, um, that's that's the thing. Like, if kids, if you want to be able to do this, travel back in time. Yeah, you, you can't. Everything's computerized now. You can't. Everything's computerized you can't, now. You can't but you could like, press it up against the B key of a typewriter and get a better result. So there's that. But I can tell you from personal experience, do not try to forge your parents' signature. No, 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 no. That that's that does not work at all. They'll get very mad about it. <laughs> they will they will find that to be a breach of trust for some reason. Yeah. It's um, so his parents just don't understand his need to beat the bishop of Oh battle. yeah, this whole sequence is true. Like they just found like you you cocaine in his bedroom. He's like, he's like we need to talk about this. You did slams the door. <laughs> it's very funny. You sit in that chair and you make judgments on me. It's very like, oh, I yeah. hate you. <laughs> and again, this is, this is over a video game. Yes. Um, but uh, what I really enjoyed is Jerry goes into his bedroom to get a, a newspaper and and. He's also drinking that nondescript beer of every 80s dad that was ever seen on film. Um, So JJ's grounded, but he sneaks out through the window of his second floor apartment. Doesn't even Uh, even bother like arranging his pillows to make it look like someone's sleeping in the bed. (laughs) They don't want to see me. Once I go into this bedroom and crank up the fear or the Rickle Rick, actually, um, then they're, they're just, or is that the black flag? Song? I think that's black flag. That's black flag. Um, so he crawls out the window, which just magically has a pipe right next to it, um, and tanks off for the mall. Um, now he, he breaks into the mall with just one crowbar. Yeah. They don't even like, bother like showing him how he got into the mall. It just shows him yeah. like, like breaking into the, the, the arcade. I mean, now I do, I will say that one of the malls I used to, to, uh, frequent did have mm-hmm. outdoor, a lot of the stores had exits to the outside there, I guess there were like fire sure. exits or something or for the, or for the employees to, to be able to get out at the end of the day. So maybe he got in that way. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I assume so, but it's so, it's just, it hand waves the, he broke into the mall. So he he breaks in the mall. And- yeah, I mean, this whole thing, is, it's interesting that it is treated like a drug addiction. Like where, mm-hmm. you know, you're now he's breaking, now he's breaking the law to 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 get his fix. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I learned it from you, dad, level of, um, he's out of control, he's obsessed. No one says the word addicted, but that is the 
underlying theme going on here. And then Zoc calls the, in JJ's house because he's had a nightmare about JJ. And is and yeah, JJ's again, no one thinks it's answer. weird that like you know you you their their teenage son's best friend is like ten, <laughs> and say I had a nightmare. Can you check I on him? Can you check on JJ? <laughs> I don't have a chest hair yet. Please go check on JJ. I'm very frightened. And <laughs> but my question to you about this is: JJ's mom Adele answers the phone. On top of JJ's dad. Oh, my. <laughs> but are they sleeping in a twin bed? Is this like, it's are they a, sleeping in a twin bed? It's a, it's, a t- it's a tight fit. It is a very tight fit. And, and these are not overly large people. And so I, it just, I, I just, I, I don't know a lot of married couples who are sleeping in the same twin bed. You got to really enjoy spooning for that to be your every single night. Yeah. That, that's like something you do when you're in college and, and visiting you or your boyfriend or girlfriend at their dorm room. Yes. Yes. Adults do not sleep together in twin beds, everyone. Um, but you know, everyone's got to do what they got to do. So, uh, JJ's on a roll back at the arcade. Um, he, finally gets through level 12 now he's to level 13 and what proceeds after this is less than thrilling like i've been more <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've been more scared watching an episode of battlestar galactica than this and it, 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 it shakes itself apart well, the, the video the video game shakes itself apart jj only yeah. looks you know wildly surprised that this happens <laughs> yeah He's still in the afterglow of, of getting to level 13, that he doesn't find it odd that this video game cabinet comes apart in a Tron-gasm. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of like, wow, did I do that? <laughs> and um, what we did not describe are, uh, fully are the controls of this video game cabinet, which include four buttons for your left hand, and a dial and then in the right is a freestanding or it's like attached at its base gun but when the video game cabinet falls apart the gun comes off and he's and he's either holding it or not holding it depending on the shot they apparently did not have a take two on this bad boy so uh, eventually we discover he's still holding the gun which is a good thing because now video game creatures are emerging from the wreckage of this video game cabinet, and, again, and he must you, fend it, himself. Again, off from you them. need to be you need to be air, heavily air quoting when you <laughs> when you're describing what's happening here. Yeah, yes, um, it is uh, not what anyone. Would, I think they these are at best TV movie level, you know, special effects. It just they don't look great. And um, it doesn't help that no one is afraid of of an arcade creature coming out of an arcade cabinet. No, and, and I, you know, it. I, I don't, you know, I don't think that Emilio Estevez is a bad actor necessarily. But you know, I, again, you know, as with a lot of these things, it is a failure of direction. Yeah, and yes. it is very hard to direct someone to react to something they can't see. Yes. And, and he's trying, God he's love trying. it, but. And, you know, they have a, a shoot em up in the arcade in which a lot of laser blasts happen. And um, somehow uh, JJ is a terrible aim because these are giant creatures. They're not small. They are, they are quite large. You should be able and to hit from- them. You should be able to hit them by accident. Yeah, you're not even half a room away from these fucking guys. You should be able to shoot them, but it honestly takes him at least 12 rounds to make one blow up every single time. And he gets back out the emergency exit and decides to run out of the mall through the parking garage where he meets the giant face of the Bishop of Battle. And does it 
eat him? I is think that it, what it I... swallowed. Yeah, it swallowed up into the game. But there's no head. It's just a face. How does it eat him? It doesn't even have teeth, Gina. It doesn't even nom, nom, nom him. It just like, like his... sucks him into the game. Yeah, like we don't even get like a rubber leg like in the Final Destination with no bones. <laughs> he just gets swallowed up by wireframe animation. And the next morning, Zock and Jerry and Adele are running all over the valley, um, which is just Pico Boulevard, um, looking for him. Um, they they decide to, the last place they'll go is um, the mall because that opens at 8 a.m. Uh, they get up to the second floor of the mall, and as they ascend the escalator, you look in the back, and there's a, a store called The Mood Factory. <laughs> what is for sale at The Mood Factory? I, I, I assume, like, candles, incense, speed and curls. <laughs> Spanish fly. Yeah, um, yeah we're, 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 yeah, we're Rick James shopped a lot to get, <laughs> to get his incense, wine, and candles for his freaky scene. <laughs> where he furnished every single mary jane girl's apartment yes uh, is at the mood factory that makes a ton of sense and so um they're opening up the gates of the arcade and they get inside and obviously they see that it's utterly destroyed uh the guy with the pork pie hat is bereft like where am i going to get a job now i'm gonna have to like <laughs> become a carny or something <laughs> No one else will accept me going to work in this hat. I was going to say, who's going to hire me with this hat? <laughs> and Zonk, of course, uh, spies that the Bishop of Battle is now reformed. Um, I, I but, now, now, here's a funny thing. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I, this came out the same year as Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. And this scene is framed very similarly i don't know which one came first so i you oh, know guys came first because that's 82 and this oh is right right after. so it might have yeah. might have been just directly looked at from when when robbie discovers that carol ann is speaking to him from the tv oh and right. you see like the look of dawning horror on his face and mm-hmm. and it is a it is a a you know a, a very very compelling well done scene and here you've got Zop kind of looking a little confused. Yeah. That JJ is now in the game. Mm-hmm. He's now, is, is he now the Bishop of Battle, I guess? He is now the the avatar that you control to play the Bishop of Battle. Yes. Okay. And this is, and the music is going like, oh my <laughs> God. And like, am, am I supposed to be scared? Am I supposed to be thrilled? Am I supposed I mean, to be intrigued? JJ would kind of want it that way, honestly. This is the best use of JJ ever, actually. Yeah, I mean, he seemed pretty miserable in, in, in his real life. So maybe this is, you know, kind of worked out for him. Yeah, when he, what, is he going to go into cancer research? What 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 were we going to gain by him being in the world? This is fine. This is great for him. He should absolutely do this. And then the world goes white like it's a death in an early Friday the 13th movie and we're done. And then the, the movie changes cinematographers and goes in a completely different yeah. direction for story number three. Yeah. Um, so uh, we could choose our own death venture, but um, there's only one choice and that's ending up inside of the Bishop of Battle. I mean, I guess... Do you want to be at my giant wireframe animation face? I mean, do I have to be in that game? Could I be in like Tapper or something? Oh, that's true. Um, I unfortunately the the movie only provides it with one destination. But if you were trapped in a video, that's what we'll play. Okay, uh, if you were to get trapped inside of any video game, which video game would it be and why? Uh, I, you know, honestly, instead of Tapper, I'm going to go for Burger Time. Okay, sure. But Burger Time just seems like, you know, you make a lot of people happy. You, you, <laughs> you, you don't really die. You just get, like, demoted back down to making just, like, you know, single patty burgers. Yeah. 
It is an odd way to make ha- uh, hamburgers, though, right? To walk across them to the point in which yeah, they it drop. Just, it's sort of like you got you got little like pneumatic tubes and just like foof, tomato slices, foof, lettuce slices. Who, who is prepping all of these tomato slices that are so huge? You have to walk across them in order to make a hamburger. That's, uh, <laughs> Who, who, who's serving these hamburgers? Who, who's buying them? Um, but yeah, um, what are the enemies in that? I can't remember. I think it's I like I think re- I think it's like like rogue like ketchup bottles. It's <laughs> <Rogue ketchup laughs> like squirt you with ketchup. The enemies of hamburger production, and of course, mustard and ketchup bottles. <laughs> Um, yeah. What video game would I be trapped in? Um, I do like Joust. I, I'm quite good at Joust. I impressed Ollie, um, I think it was last year. Um, it was the first time he'd seen a Joust cabinet. And we were up in Portland at a pizza joint. And they had a, a Joust machine. And I'm like, I'm going to show you how this works. <laughs> and I fucking you know, kept like cranking off levels. And he's like, why are you good at this? And I'm like, I don't know. We had it at a fucking pizza hut. (laughs) It's calm muscle memory, son. Yeah. It's this and pinball are the only things I'm good at. So, um, I'm going to go with Jeff's because I've always wanted to ride digital birds. Um, so that just about does it. Uh, Gina, where can people find you on these here internet? I write about movies and television at spool.net. I also have a substack, Gina watches things.substack.com. And you can find me on Blue Sky under Gina Does Things. Do it today, people. Check it out. Um, we're on your socials, um, uh, which is great because, uh, as I noted to Gina, um, I used to go from posting about the show on three social media accounts to now posting on six, which has really increased my joy of it. But it is a way to reach out to us. So please do so. Please share, like, subscribe, and uh, reviewing us if you have not, if you're uh, newer to the show. Um, it, it does help us be seen and heard by more people. We, of course, have our Patreon where we're doing fun things over there, like chat by chat, bonus episodes, and movie commentaries and more. Josh Hall says all of our artwork. Revenge Body um, does our music. Go to revengebodymemphis at bandcamp.com for this remix and all our other themes. Don't oh, worry, folks. The body count will continue for myself and for Gina. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.